We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking some NBA, some spitball, and giving you the three highlighted games of the week and our picks, so stay tuned. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's here. Tim, you look miserable. Yo, my, my voice is gone. I don't yeah, know what you sound awful. To, to be honest with you. Screaming or um, just sickness? I, on Tuesday, I went a little too hard. Down with the sickness? Tuesday. What the fuck does what that mean? Tuesday? Tuesday was just like a day. A Tuesday I, night turn up? I decided to turn up. That's lit. Yeah, nice. that is lit. Yeah. I was working the next day. Yeah, but I worked the next day, too. Terrible. I, I started to turn up real early so I could get to better at reasonable time. You lost your voice just like turning up or are you screaming at something? Uh, it was the combination of uh, the turn up on Tuesday and then uh, teaching the last two days mm. and then also podcasting. Those are weak excuses. That'll do it. Yeah, that would. You know, that is kind Broto of Fantasy Forum, cheap plug. There he goes. Uh, yeah, but it gets, there's a two-hour two show, bro. From wow. just talking, you lost your voice. I it mean, happens plus, to me. Plus the turn up. I used That's to do, I used to do a, po- a podcast. We record two episodes. They're both an hour, like right after each other. And I, when I would get out of there, I'd be like, I need a fucking water yeah. because mm. my voice is killing me. I mean, I need a water, but I never lost my voice. Doing that. Yo, then you're the man. Oh, I don't man. know. I'm going to knock on wood. Who's their voice from talking? From screaming all the time. Like if I'm at a sporting event, I usually the next day or two, I don't have a voice. So I never get sick. He never loses voice his voice. <laughs> He's the man. I would say it's not that my voice isn't is getting lost. Sick. I'm the man, yo. Crown me. I'm in the playoffs for the first time in, in our fantasy That's league. That's true. He <laughs> is. I was about to pop champagne on Tuesday too, Tim. So, Yo, by the way, VM Fantasy Tuesday League, turnups. Nick and I are facing off against mm. each other in the playoffs this week. Don't forget. Boss is in first place. I Joe, won, how's your team doing? I won the league. I am not in the playoffs. Guys, just, That's the league. I won the regular season title. Thank you. Congrats. Just nice. want to let you guys know that uh, Joe bet me $50 that he would have a better team than me by the end of the season. I also lost. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you first keep, overall. I'm going to let you keep the 50 because you were very generous. Uh, Didn't I have David Johnson in that league? I don't know. 
I think I, I did. I think so. I had the first overall pick. Oh, so ex- suck me, bro. Good excuse. I, the best fancy player from the last year, I had him, Yo. and he didn't play. Listen, I have Aaron Rodgers and Ezekiel Elliott. I'm in the first place. Close only counts with horseshoes, pal. I want. I like that one. I, I want to say and hand grenades. <laughs> I want to say this shouldn't come as a surprise to you two because you're in my league. You know how I am. I take full responsibility for you making the playoffs, boss, because I bought you that book. <laughs> oh, how I, you go I, four probably years. did not open. I thought he was going to say the trade we made because I was going to say Keenan Allen has been going off. We made a trade late in the season. Yeah, yeah. AJ Green for Keenan Allen and a Jai. He got Keenan. I thought he was like going to bring something up about that. Like talking about. Nah, this. nah. But I'm <laughs> saying I, he doesn't make the playoffs four straight years. Gets laughed at. And then he gets the book, The Gift of Lamb. And then he makes a play. That book has been sitting in my car unopened since the day I got it. <laughs> nah, but Nick's yo. gotten in my car a couple times, and every time he looks at it, he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Reading it on the way to work? Like, have you checked it out? Re- reading at work later? I can only but. imagine what that book actually says. Probably yeah, the most start obvious wide, shit. Start wide receivers. Maybe just yeah. touching it has gotten me into the playoffs. Maybe it's like uh, it's like the the ball in Space Jam. You know, you touch it, you lose all your powers. So who do you take the powers from though? Nick, because he's from Nick. He's Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. You're like uh, Charles Barkley. <laughs> DLs as a Yo, franchise. When, when I first started playing high school football, my coach the summer, so my sophomore year, going into my junior year, he bought me a How to Play Football for Dummies. He <laughs> just threw it at my chest from like across the room. He's like, "Yo, this you better read this shit." <laughs> Similar to Boss, did not open it, but. Yo. The, the Dirty Lambs at the start of the league, the commencement of the league, were a force to be reckoned with as a franchise. Last yeah. three, four years in the dumps. I'm trying to think of who I've become. <laughs> like I was like a like I was like a power. You know, you feared me when you saw me on your schedule. And now it was a bye week this year. You're like, oh, I got I got the lambs coming up, so it's quiet. Not the C plus roster though. The oh, C plus roster. The buzzies are mm-hmm. holding it down. Second place in the VM League. I was so confident. Trash. Uh, Play <laughs> Nick and I have been talking so much shit to each other about that VM Fantasy League. It's, it's only right. It, yeah, I, I was thinking that playoffs. too. Yeah, it's only right. Nick didn't even know he snuck in. <laughs> like dickhead, you're second seed. What do you mean you didn't know you were in? Because I didn't know. I didn't. Well, first of all, I had like a twenty point. I was down twenty points to Impy, and I had AJ Green. He had Joe Mixon. Uh, By the way, last thing, yo, I'm winning the. Uh, I'm in second place in the prime time on DK. Like fifty thousand dollars at halftime. I start shaking. I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. I'm sending you screenshots. Joe Mixon gets ruled out. First pl- first like offensive drive for the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell scores a touchdown. Good night. I did well, but not like that. And yo, what <laughs> right, I'm gonna right, start right. what I'm gonna start doing is I'm not gonna check my lineups. Submit, I'll see what the percentages are, and then I'm not checking until the end so I don't get my hopes up. Because if I would have never known that I was that high. It wouldn't have like bugged me that yeah, much. You ended up getting like a, a nice chunk of change. I did, yeah, yeah. but not like yeah, not, not like 50K. Up, not fifty k. My mom's salary <laughs> overnight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Um. Anyway, let's uh, talk about some NBA. Haven't talked about this in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's played pretty much like twenty-five to thirty quarter, games. More than a yeah, quarter. More than a quarter of the year and in. I got in. Right. Uh. So what? So far, it's, let's just catch up. Like, what kind of storyline has caught your eye so far? Yo, looking at the rookie class, pretty much it's lived up to the hype for for all the rookies coming in. And, uh, yo, so much of, like, your success, I, I feel like, with a rookie is also when you declare. Because I'm looking at da- Dario! <laughs> and I'm looking at uh, Brogdon, right? Both guys have kind of fallen out of favor with their two clubs. And 
it's like, yo, these guys finished one, two in the rookie of the year race this year. They're like, you know, the, the Sixers got Simmons in and, you know, they were high on Fultz. We haven't seen him yet. You know, we haven't seen him in a while actually, but Simmons has become a flat out superstar. And then Brogdon, they made the trade for Eric Bledsoe. So it's like these guys, if they would have came out this year, like you're not even thinking about them being rookie rookie of the year candidates because you look around the league and there's so many talented, good, solid, high usage rookies across the NBA. So I feel like declaring for the draft is so much about timing and situation. Yeah, just to like build off that, my storyline so far has caught my eyes. The 76ers as a team. Uh, over 500 sitting in the middle of the East right now, although the middle of the East and the being outside the playoffs is only separated by two games or so with the Knicks sitting in ninth at 12 and 12. I think the Sixers are 14 and 10. So they've been pretty much holding it down with a bunch of youngsters. Embiid is healthy. He's playing. He's sitting back-to-back still, which is good. You know, you need him healthy throughout the season. So whatever you can do to do it, you do it. And uh, Ben Simmons, rookie of the year type numbers. Um, he's putting up big numbers without hitting a jump shot, right? All season. He hasn't hit a three yet, so it's wild. As a guard, as a point guard, it's crazy. You can't hit a three and you're shooting still over fifty percent. So he's getting to the hole and he's longer than anyone guarding him. He's just a mismatch and a problem. And it's carrying them and they're looking good so far, looking strong. I know he hasn't hit a three, but do you think like I mean, if he develops a three point shot, it'll only help his game and it'll become even more like versatile and harder to defend, but do you think if he keeps producing this way, does he, like, really need it? Like Rondo-esque? Yeah, like that's, sort of like Rondo. That's what his stats kind of remind me of, except he's way bigger, so his field goal percentage is way higher because he can just shoot over people at the yeah. basket. Um, I don't know. He's shooting threes like he's posting on Instagram. Him hitting threes in practice in Vegas in the summer league. He was posting him knocking down shots. Like, I think he can shoot it. It's just his. he'd rather go to the cup. Like, he's more comfortable going to the basket and – I don't know. I guess he'd rather be efficient than be inefficient shooting. It's nice to see. Uh, my storyline so far is Kyrie Irving. Uh, mm. I had a, a lot of questions about whether Kyrie Irving was a was a guy that could carry a team by himself. And he has proved that he can. Uh, Gordon Hayward went down real early, and Kyrie Irving has really stepped up and become now. They've, they've gotten a lot of good um, production, production from, from other from players. A lot of guys. Yeah. And, a lot of guys that, that are taking a step up this year. Um, I'm going to talk about one of them uh, in a little bit, hint, hint. But Kyrie Irving is definitely someone that has proven that he could carry a team on his shoulders. Uh, he's made game-winning shots. He's uh, taken uh, the team back from deficits. Um, everything that you can ask for, Kyrie Irving has done. So that's a storyline that's intriguing me so far because I really feel like if Boston uh, can put it all together and, and can continue this and – Tatum uh, continues to get better and Brown continues to get better. Uh, they're a team that could challenge for the East. Yeah. I feel like you got to give props to Brad Stevens, too. Oh, yeah. Who's your best player and your biggest free agent pickup on day one, about a couple minutes into the game? And you lose the first two games and you rip off. Was it what did they win in a row? I, did, I Thir- believe it was 13. 13 yeah. in a row. They ended up losing in South Beach. They got there two days before. So one of the things that they say about like Party, South, yeah, South Beach the departing. Also, there's a interesting stat on uh, the the LA Knights in hockey. The Golden Knights. The Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights. Teams that go to Vegas two days before their game, I think they're like one and nine straight up. Like you know, obviously it's a cowboy rager. Yeah, that's sure. what's different about like. <laughs> that, that, I said that in such a serious <laughs> manner. Obviously, it's a cowboy rager. That's what's different though from like uh, baseball. You're in a city for three days, so you can go party. Yeah. 
uh, any other sport, basketball, hockey, you're in the town for usually one night or so, and you're and you're out of there. You don't really have, like you're leaving after the game to go to the next city. Yo, I went two years ago in August to Miami with Davino and Tommy, and Christian Yelich was was out. Throwing yeah. back bottles and shit, and like they had a game at, at four o'clock the next day. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah. yeah, I hit the turn up two days ago, and I can't even fucking talk. Now imagine you had to go out and fucking Soft. ball. Well, I'm I'm balling. Well, he did go to work. This is my version of balling right here, though. Way less I'm missing, taxing. I'm missing my threes. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, also, let's get of like like an MVP so far, even though it's pretty early. Who's like the MVP so far? I'm gonna go with uh, King James. Mm. Can't argue that a 13 game winning streak. Uh, yo, he's got career highs in field goal percentage and three point percentage in his 15th year in the season. So as scary as it sounds, I feel like he's just getting better and better. Uh, last year was a career year for him, and he's matching those numbers 28, eight and eight. And um, I don't know, he's got them rolling right now, the Cavs. And he's also playing the most minutes in the league while doing this. So in an era where they say guys rest and take days off and get scrutinized for it, he's tied for. Uh, minutes per game with Yanni's on top, and he leads the league in minutes. So LeBron, MVP. I'm gonna back. I I, I got to say LeBron as well. 28 points per game, like Boss said. That that career high in field goal percentage is 60 fucking percent. 59 percent. It's not 60. 60 sounds better. 59 uh, percent is that's crazy. Especially because he's not just getting to the hole like Ben Simmons. He's he's mastered that jumper. Especially he's added this layer to his his game where he, that step back jumper, like that step back fadeaway. He, you could tell he's been in the gym just shooting that over and over and over and over and over and over. Year and in, year out, he just adds another. Like he'll hear, he listens to the media. Oh, he can't hit free throws. Comes back, shoots a higher percentage of free throws. He hears the media like, oh, he has no low post game. He develops a low post jumper. Like this dude, year in year out, just like transform his his game. Uh, the it, most their most recent game, he he hit a, a a three to end the game where he literally was inside the arc, jumped backwards. Shot a fadeaway, and nothing but the bottom of the net. And when you could add that to a repertoire, and LeBron James is already a freak of nature. Honestly, he's probably in the best shape he's ever been in too. So not only are you a freak of nature, now you're in such great shape, and we're seeing athletes play longer than ever. LeBron MVP. He's got the Cavs right up there with the Celtics too. They mm. lost seven and nine early in the season. Now they're only three games behind the the East leading Celtics. So. They're rolling. On this 13-game winning winning streak, he's averaging close to 10 points in the fourth quarter alone. So he's playing his best ball later in the games, and he's just – he's killing. So, you know, as I <laughs> smile, it shouldn't be a surprise who the my beard? MVP is. Yeah. My always <laughs> and forever will be my MVP. But, look, you want to talk about a winning streak. They won 13 of their last 14 games, a lot of it without Chris Paul. Chris Paul came back, and what happened? They won seven games in a row. Um, they've had as many leads. They've led as many as 20 points in each of those seven wins. Um, he's uh, leading the league in points per game. He has the highest usage rate of uh, any player in the league also. And, you know, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He had to carry a lot of the load with uh, Chris Paul being out early. And look, right now this team, uh, I heard something interesting as I was watching League Pass the other day, how this is the first time you know, going into December in the last three years that the Warriors aren't the top seed in the West. So they are, they're getting healthier. They're going to be getting healthier later down the road too. Got some guys coming back from injury, but I think James Harden, man, it's it, a lot of people worried about the dimension between him and Chris Paul, but that's, that's working out pretty well too. So 
James Harden, my MVP, always and forever. <laughs> always and forever. Knicks probably still hasn't gotten rid of that ticket from last year. I'm assuming. Nah, That'd I'd be a I ticket, did, but like, yo, hang know, up and like, yo, you know what's crazy? Bounce my head against the wall every fucking day. So last year I got him at twenty to one. This year he was fourteen to one. So like it wasn't that much of a drop off, and like I completely dropped the ball on that one again. Should have took a flyer. No more bets. Nah, no more. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, rookie of the year. Uh, I'm going with Ben Simmons, who I mentioned earlier on the Sixers. He's leading all rookies in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Uh, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2.3 steals. So, killing it, man. I mean, what else is there to say? He's a huge reason why the Sixers are where they are in the middle of the East, and he's balling. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Uh, listen, his stats are not as impressive as Ben Simmons. I'm not going to act like they are. He's, he's 14, 5.5, and, and 1.5. And um, but he plays a vital, irreplaceable role on a four-loss team. And that has to count for something. He is dependent on on the best team in the East right now. Um, the hot word in the NBA nowadays is interchangeability. Guys who are uh, can play a lot of positions. Uh, you see, that's why Golden State was so hell-bent on getting Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. because he's the definition of interchangeability. And Jason Tatum is one of those guys. He can play and defend three to four positions on the court. He could even defend the center if they go super small. He could he could body with a center. So when when you're talking about rookie of the year, I'm talking about I, I'm thinking about a guy who uh, has come in and made a, just a giant impact on the squad that he's on. And I think Jason Tatum's that guy. Boss, how do you feel about Donovan Mitchell coming into the draft? Honestly, I didn't think he was that good. I mean, I watched him play at Louisville, there, but I don't know something about him. He's he was. He reminded me of someone who'd be like a good lanky defender because he's super long. His wingspan is crazy and he could jump, but he didn't strike me as having like an offensive game. I don't know. He just seemed like super raw and I definitely wasn't high on him. I thought that was a terrible pick. I was like, this guy shouldn't even be a first rounder. Uh, anymore, you want me to keep going? How no, I feel on about how wrong I was. Yeah, about yeah. It. <laughs> it's uh, that, that's my rookie of the year, man. 17 points per game. He has the highest usage of any rookie in the NBA. And look, this team, a lot of people thought we're going to take a, not a backseat, but they were going to fall off from losing Gordon Hayward, but he's been a big addition for them. Yo, the other night, the they were playing the Pelicans, and he scored 17 of Utah's 34 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he finished with 41 points, the most by a rookie in Jazz franchise history. Look at some of the guys that they've had. They've had uh, Darren Williams. Prior to Darren Williams going to the Nets and becoming a legend, Carl Malone, John Stockton. Like, they've had some good-ass players. Gordon Hayward, too. And this guy set a franchise rookie record. And he backed those games up, too, with 21 and 31-point performances. So it's not like it was flashing the pan. Yeah, he's now scored at least 20 points in four consecutive games. Also the first Jazz rookie to do that since uh, Daryl Griffin in 1980-81 season. Daryl Griffin, he won the Rookie of the Year that year. And look, if they can make the playoffs and he's a key cog to their success. Cog, Joe, not cock. I think that uh, Donovan Mitchell is someone you got to keep your eye on. I mean, Why he, did he feel the need to address you about that? You already know <laughs> I heard cock. He could also be a key cock in there as well. Key, yeah, he could, could you know, be. Throw that know. in there. He probably yeah. is. Yo, something yeah. crazy about Donovan Mitchell, I was reading up on him because he started making headlines. And like he's he's uh, only behind uh, Ben Simmons as far as like odds to win Rookie of the Year. Sorry, Tatum. Uh, the, the three guys we mentioned are actually the Vegas favorites. Simmons, Tatum is second. And then it's Donovan Mitchell. And uh, Donovan Mitchell, after a game with Louisville, he saw some NBA scouts there. And he went up to them and was like, yo, man, you know, what's lacking in my game? And the scout turned and said to uh, Jalen Rose, I heard this from Jalen Rose. 
He's like, dude, no one, no one comes and says that. Like every kid comes out of AAU and they think their shit don't stink and they think they're the man. And he came and he was like, yo, man, what do I got to do to become a top pick, to become a guy that plays 10, 15 years in the NBA? And it just showed like his maturity. And look, they're, they're trying to change the rule for one and done. They want to make it two and done now because a lot of kids, they get drafted. They just go straight to the G League or they don't get any burn at all. And if you stay there for two years, look, he's 21 years old, so he's way more mature than some of these other guys. And, yeah, I like Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, boss. I definitely threw you under the bus at the beginning. Also from Harlem. Let's go. Yeah. New York kid? I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. Dipset. Nice course. Oh. <laughs> Yo, Dipset. Yo, Dipset. <laughs> dipset, get your lips wet. Um, all right, next category we got here is Legend of the Season. I would like to pick this up. And uh, Tom Thibodeau, right? Like Legend. Minnesota is uh, their fourth in the in the West, I believe, as I pull it up right here. But that's that's not the reason, right? So they are, yeah, they're fourth. They're fifteen and eleven. This is the big issue I have with Tibbs, Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, and Taj Gibson. Those four players are in the top ten in minutes played this year, not minutes per game, just overall minutes. And what does that remind me of? Luol Deng, Joe Kim Noah, Derrick Rose. Those guys came up with the with Tibbs over in Chicago, and he just burned those guys to the ground. The Wolves lost by 21 points two weeks ago. They lost by over double digits, and Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins played 41 and 43 minutes in that game. It's like, dude, what are you doing? That was one issue I had with him last year towards the tail end of the season. It's like Minnesota had nothing to play for, and you're just running these guys to the ground. And I think that's a little concerning if I'm ownership, and I just gave Wiggins... Well, $147 million, Carl Anthony Towns is going to get paid next. And it's like, yo, if you're going to run these guys to the ground, it's definitely a little concerning for me. So I think he's a legend for mismanaging his players' minutes. <laughs> Who's your legend, boss? Uh, my legend is Nerlens Noel. My legend! Shout out to the hot dog gate. <laughs> yeah. if you don't Wait, know about that. Real quick, can I just interject right there? Um, Jimmy Butler in a post-game interview recently said, yeah, I got to talk to Tibbs. Uh, these 40-minute games are starting to add up. So you're not the only one that's noticing. It's yeah, the guys dude, he's it, playing for 40 minutes it, that are noticing it, as well. It, it's it's too much. And this is this is on the back of a trend now where you got the Celtics who don't play anyone over 30 minutes a game. You got the Warriors who do the same. And that's the, that's the new trend. He's already doing eight-man rotations, which is something you do in the second round of the playoffs. Like right now is where you're going to play, you know, uh, Kuzma, a guy like Kuzma, you're going to play him 15 minutes a game because you have to. Not Kuzma. Who's the guy on the Knicks that got traded? Uh, uh, Kuzminskis. Yeah, Kuzminskis. That's the guy I was okay. thinking about. But like a legend like that, your 10th, 11th man off the bench, Steve Novak's of the world, you play them now. You don't. You, you can't be doing this. Damn, my hot dog gate is already. What is that? Yeah, you know about that? He went into the media room at halftime of a game over the weekend. And uh, grabbed the hot dog and and then bounced right back to the locker. <laughs> They're really? like, "Yo, no, yeah." Someone took a picture of him while he was in there. So obviously, some media, someone on the media, and it went viral. And like, "Yo, no one in the meet in no no players have like ever gone in the media room for anything." And like, if you're a player, why don't you just send someone to get you something like <laughs> the ball boy or some shit? But anyway, uh, fuck with that. Back to Noel. He's not really playing much this year. He was he was playing about ten minutes a game early in the season. Lately, he hasn't seen the floor. And now he's getting thumb surgery. And this is all coming off him turning down a four-year, 70-plus million-dollar offer from the Mavs where he asked for a max deal and uh, instead got the quali, the one-year quali for $4 million. 
So he's making no money. He banked on himself to hit it big this coming off season, get a big payday, but it hasn't really worked out well. And now he's just trying to pretty much get out of there. He's elected for thumb surgery and uh, he should be back healthy right around the deadline time. So we'll see what happens with him going forward. Uh, he was once a top pick. He would have been a number one overall pick if he didn't tear his ACL in college mm-hmm. at Kentucky. And uh, he's a defensive stopper, improved his offensive game. And I don't know, I think he can contribute on a good team, maybe off the bench, or even start and put up big numbers for bad teams. Yo, it's crazy. This is a guy that was a lot of people were saying this time last year was going to get a max deal in the summer. And then he signs up. That's what he was asking for. Yo, wild. Well, because Dallas wouldn't give him the max. Yeah. Quali. Him and uh, Quale. Him and Terrell Pryor are going to cry betting tears in this offseason mm. after they don't get paid. Um, my legend is not someone on the court or a team. It's you guys. Everyone listening to me that doubted the Cavaliers. Legend. If you did, shame on you. You're a legend. I already went in on LeBron. K-Love is having another 20-10 and 10 year. He's playing in the center spot, and he's killing it there. Jeff Green has been a solid asset off the bench. One of the things that we mentioned about the Cavaliers early in the season was that uh, we were worried about their bench production. Jeff Green has been really good off the bench. Talk about a guy who could play multiple positions. He's one of them. Um, Corver and Spliffy are always a threat for the knockdown three-pointer, keeping that defense honest. They don't have a Isaiah yet. They just won 13 straight. The Cavs will be fine. The Cavs will probably win the East again. And if you doubted them, you're a legend. Who yeah, doubted you, the Cavs? You gotta, you gotta wait and you gotta wait and see what this team is gonna look like with uh, Isaiah Thomas for sure. That's when you can really judge him. Though he can't play defense, and that's still one of the big issues that they have because they're they're in the top five at most points allowed. So that's why I'm concerned with them. Obviously, I'm not. I'm never betting against him in until the finals, like I did last year. I remember I picked the Raptors to upset yeah. them and. I think the Raptors got swept last yeah, year. Nico. They, but, they, uh, yeah, like, I, I kind of fuck when, with the fact that, that Isaiah Thomas doesn't play defense because this whole team is committing to let's not play defense. Yeah, sure, but when you look at the two teams in the West that they'll probably have to play, those teams can put up 140 and they can hold you to under 100. That's true, but you know it, it is a whole different animal in the playoffs, and we'll get. Uh, you know what? I want to talk about that whole different animal in the playoffs thing a little bit. We'll get to that in a second. Mm, okay. Uh, the last one we have here is like the bandwagon slash pump the brakes. Uh, a team that you'd hitch onto their bandwagon, and also a team that's like getting love that you'd love to be like slow the fuck <coughs> down. I want to bandwagon. I'm gonna jump on board with the Pistons. Ooh. Wow, they just lost four or five too. Yeah, but you know what? It happens. Bad. I was, I was considering abandoning ship. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Drummond is shooting a career high in free throws, and one of the things that I hear a lot of people say is you need your team to fit the culture of like the city that it's in, right? So like the Lakers, that fan base wants flashy. They want uh Magic Johnson, Showtime kind of players. Uh, you look at the Knicks, you look at the Pistons, you want that grit and grind, you want those tough defensive teams, and and they got that. Avery Bradley has been a huge addition for that team. Uh, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jack, uh, you, you got it. Reggie Jackson, there you go. Is playing a lot better this year, though. I think he might be a piece that might get shipped in uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, I I think Stan uh, Stan Van Gundy gets some credit. He he's done a lot. And look, one of the main issues I had with Andre Drummond is. I didn't want to pay him a max deal when the last five minutes of the game, when it's a tight game, 
he's not on the court because he can't shoot free throws. But he's making people regret following him with a career high in free throw percentage. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch on the bandwagon with the Pistons. I think they're for real. I think they'll make the playoffs. All right, my bandwagon is gonna be the Spurs, and I I, I know that it's not uh I know that's not exactly a new bandwagon, but they're 17 and eight without Kawhi Leonard, and they're 25th in the NBA in points scored right now. Last, uh, I'm sorry. Last game they had eight players in double figures. They're third in defense. They don't have that one guy right now. Mm. They have a lot of guys playing really well, but that is a testament to their coach Greg Popovich. That's the guy. That's the guy that I want to. That's that, the goat. That's the goat. You know, he's the. If he ran for president, I'm not gonna lie. I'd probably vote for him. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I feel know? that way about the Rock. <sighs> I have no idea what, how The Rock stands on any issues, but I know how Pop stands, <laughs> and I agree with him in everything he does, including how he coaches basketball, and it's really, co- it's really, uh, um, it's Sexy? really paying off. Now, are we mentioning the pump the brakes right after? Is yeah, that the plan? Pump uh, my pump the brakes is, is the is no, the, no, 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 no. I didn't, no, I didn't give myself. a pump the brakes. Yeah, <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, boss. I I'm, I'm gonna save on. it. Your voice also cracks. Uh, pump the brakes. I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Oh, pump the brakes on your pump the brakes. Yeah. Tim got all caught up in his political talk. It's true. Word. I got, I got we said president. Up. Tim <laughs> lost it all. Well, you know. I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm jumping on board the jazz bandwagon uh, for a team over the last couple of years that notoriously hasn't played well with when Gobert's off the floor. Uh, I myself thought they were going to suffer big time with the loss of him early in the month of November. And uh, instead, they took off. As Nick talked about earlier, the rookie, the running in the rookie of the year in the running, Donovan Mitchell. Stepped it up. Rodney Hood. I like the pieces they got. And now they're just getting healthier. Uh, Rudy Gobert just came back from his four six weeks. Bone bruise in his knee. Uh, Joe Johnson should be back in a mm. couple weeks. Keeg Cog off the bench. Cog mm. Joe. Hello. Uh, and Dante Exum maybe later in the year. So they're getting their depth back as we get toward the juicy part of the season. And they're sitting in 7th to 8th spot in the West at about 500. And I think they could really put a push on with the emergence of Donovan Mitchell and Obviously, Gobert coming back as a defensive stalwart. Mm. All right. Uh, what about the, the pump breaks. the brakes? Pump it up. Pump, 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 pump. I'm going to go with the Blazers. Me too. Uh, so. Pump it up. Blazers sitting in the playoff spot, but Mo Harkless has pretty much been stapled to the bench now. My guy, Pat Connaughton. Hello. White shooter, you know what I'm saying? Got out, of, out of the Notre it. Dame. You need that white dude to just hit threes. <laughs> That's all you got at Notre Dame is white guys and shooters. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, he's getting minutes now. And I don't know. I don't really see much behind, obviously, the big two of Dame and McCollum getting 20-plus a game. And then you got uh, Nurkic, you know, as another one. And I don't know. What else are you going to get from the Blazers that, that uh, warrants playoff consideration with teams like the Thunder still sitting outside the playoff spot and the Pellies? Pelly, even, though, even though AD went down recently, I still think the Pelly's got a better overall squad than them. The Thunder lurking. And if the Clips can never get it together, although they look like a, a mess right now, we'll see what happens. But I'm pumping the brakes on the Blazers. So you guys can't see this, but I'm showing this uh, great girl on Instagram. It's actually Mo Harkless's lady. Ah, okay. so, I was going to say, why? Well, I, I mean, she's she's good. But. Mo Harkless also a Forest Hills product. Yeah. Yes. Queen's product. So, Remember that? You know, the fact that he's with her makes me feel better about myself a little bit. Because, you know, Queen's local thing, maybe. I don't really know how that translates. I know, yeah. Because yeah. I was shitting on him a bit for I also have time. no idea how, like, your any mindset that you have works. But it makes him feel <laughs> I believe you. I believe that Thank it works you. for you. It makes uh, him feel better about Mo Harkless's <laughs> Dropped a couple pounds. I feel good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I agree with you, though. Because, like, they're also asking <laughs> a lot from that backcourt. 
And uh, it's, it's if they're not getting 60 points from McCullough and Lillard, and then you need Nurkic to, to like, stay healthy mainly. You know, I would have loved to see Nurkic last year in the playoffs be healthy. It would have been a fun series against the Warriors. Now, I'm not going to go crazy and say they would have beat the Warriors, but I think they could have stole a game against them. So Nurkic is uh, a big X factor for that team. But I'm with you, boss, pretty much everything you said. I'm going to say one thing in favor of the, the Blazers. Second in the league in defensive efficiency. So da- yeah, da- Damian Lillard actually has improved significantly on defense, and that's something where he was getting picked on. I know last year he was a guy that I loved to pick against when I was playing DFS. So and his defense defensive ratings were at the bottom with guys like Kyrie Irving and uh, Isaiah Thomas. So a little bit of a of a paradigm shift there. Um, Yo, you're I, dropping mad bars today. I'm by just, the way. I'm just Inter- out here. Inter- paradigm. The, the <laughs> one he said before. I'm just out here. You know, I'm pumping the brakes on the Rockets now. I'm not pumping the brakes on the Rockets regular season. I could even see the Rockets winning the West, right? Here's what I'm pumping the brakes on. This team is still not built for the playoffs. They're not built for a playoff run. It's the same problem I had with them last year. In the playoffs, things get physical. Uh, things uh, speed up. And when you are so completely reliant on outside shooting, um, it it just doesn't translate. So everyone's like crowning the Rockets, and yes, they're gonna be good, and they they're gonna finish in the top two seeds in the West. That looks like a given, unless there's a freak injury to James Harden or something. But I just want to pump the brakes on all the Rockets championship talk. Don't crown them just yet. I know Houston is championship city right now, mm-hmm. but don't crown them just yet. Not yet. Mm. All right, pump it. Just pump. I'm not I'm not saying stomp on them. Just pump them. Pump, pump, you know. Pump, pump. Pump. Pump, pump it up. So I uh, respectfully <laughs> disagree. Mm. Um, so you said about physical, right? Wing players, PJ Tucker and Bu- uh, Luke Mbuamote. 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 Yo, he's um, been in the league for so long. How do you not know that name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke Richard and Mbuamote. They've been um, they've been game changers for their defense. And the Rockets, you wouldn't believe this, but they have... One of the best defenses in the NBA this year, um, through 100 percent, uh, through 100, they're allowing 94.1 points per 100 possessions when that duo is on the floor. It's the third best in the NBA among two man lineups, and Houston has become the NBA's best defensive rebounding team. So, what does rebounding have to do with being physical? And they got guys on the per- perimeter with the two that I mentioned and Trevor Ariza. Now you got also Chris Paul who a lot of people thought because Beverly left, I was going to hurt them defensively. This guy was all NBA, either first or second team last year. So this is a dude that brings it on the defensive end. And we know about their arsenal going forward when they're, you know, when they're clicking. There was a game earlier this year, they shot 89 three-pointers. You can <laughs> shoot, Christ. if you shoot 93s and shoot 30% from it, you're still getting 90 like 90 points. points from that. You know, so it's, they're shooting such a huge clip. Eric Gordon comes in and he just goes nut, like Russell Westbrook style, where he'll put up like seven straight shots. Was it wasn't it the, the Lavar Ball quote where he said, "If you shoot forty for forty, I'm and I shoot sixty for a hundred, I'm still getting more points." Than yeah. You. Combined with the Nets, they shot eighty nine in one game. 
89. Oh, with the Nets, it was yeah, combined? Yeah, yeah. Oh, say, okay, 89 okay. shot attempts in the game. Yeah, that, that's so. by right, itself. Yeah, I was like I'm 33 <laughs> overtimes. But they, but they have had some games where they shoot like 63s. Though. They attempted 50 in that game, yeah, though, yeah. which is... Jesus Christ. And, and what was funny was D'Antoni has said many times, he's like, we need to shoot more. Like, it's not enough. D'Antoni wants them to be hitting 50... On a, on a bad night, he wants like 50%? 48 shot attempts from that's three. Insane. Talk about a guy who was ahead of, ahead of this time back in the day. I remember when he was trying his bullshit with the Knicks and it was just falling apart. Yeah, but I mean, dude, he had no. You need it. You need an elite point guard. There. I was gonna say the Knicks didn't have the personnel. Yeah, yeah. for his, his scheme. And even when he had, even when he reunited with uh, with Nash in in the Lakers, same shit. That wasn't the same Steve yeah. Nash. It's crazy because like we talk about uh, last year's MVP race and the triple uh, double thing. It was Nash's MVP years. The Phoenix were like 13, 10, and eight. Like his numbers weren't even all that crazy. Crazy, like different the game is now in terms of like scoring yeah. wise. The scoring output is just way higher. Well, Nash's teams also won, I think, like sixty That's games. That's true too. He was other. He got other guys. Involved. And there was no social media there that would show Russell Westbrook dunks every night. That's one of the big reasons you the guys highlight. might laugh, but like NBA Twitter and NBA social media, Russell. That yo, that's one of the things you need to do to be, to win MVP. You need to have highlight plays. That's why he was getting yeah, talked up. The eye. Yeah. Well, he had highlight passes. <coughs> Steve Sorry. Nash, boy. Canadian soccer star. Mm. Shout out Nova Scotia. Uh, wait, no, he's not from there. It's the most he's rare. Canadian. I mean, Nova's Nova. Not not Nova Scotia. What am I? What am I thinking of? You're on your own there, man. Yeah, never mind. Yo, isn't Nova Scotia part of Canada? Yeah. Now you can make me pull out a map. Yeah, I can't wait to yeah, see the province. tweets for this. It should be good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Really. Nova yeah, Scotia's oh, part. fuck you, teach. I thought, a, I thought it was a separate... It's a province, like... Uh, yeah, suck it. I'll, you know what? I'm going to have to suck like it. Like Alberta? Edmonton, Alberta, Canada? Ontario. Word, Edmonton. Shout out to Jericho, baby. <laughs> Break the walls. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Word, I said Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would be his response. <laughs> I know. Stupid idiot! Uh, What's Yo, Nick, him? He's like, go back list. to go back to Montreal. He's like, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, do some spitball. Hello. <clears throat> no, I can't. I can't do it because yeah, uh, if don't, I don't, do don't. it, I'll do it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Starting with <laughs> dopes. Uh, yeah. Russia banned by the International Olympic Committee for the 2018 Winter Olympics for their systematic doping scandal they had going on in their country. Uh, their athletes are allowed to participate, though, which is a nice move by the committee. We'll see how Tim, politics, Putin takes all this as the Russian flag will not be shown, the anthem will not be played, and they will not be honored with any medals through this whole Olympics, which is kind of a big deal because they took home the most Olympic medals in 2014. 14. So a lot of medals up for grabs now for either, I mean, maybe their neutral athletes will take them or for other countries to step up to the platform. Yo, do you see these fucking Russians, though? Like, what? it's clear that they're steroided the fuck up. They look like <laughs> look like animals. For anyone who doesn't know about this already, there's a documentary on Netflix. It's called uh, Icarus. It's incredible. And it's supposed to be about this dude who is a cyclist. And he was competing. I don't know if it was the Tour de France, but he competed in some bike thing. And he came in a certain spot. So then he wanted to dope and see how much and, and, and get through the system and then see how much better he does. Within all that is when all this shit went down with Russia. So it comes becomes completely about this whole doping thing with Russia and the guy who like was doing all of it 
yo, it's ridiculous, and it explains everything perfectly about about like what the Russians were doing and stuff. It's real fucking interesting. I, I suggested to everyone. I kind of want to watch that tonight. Yo, it's it's amazing. It's so good. Icarus. I'm right there. By the yeah. way, they host the World Cup this year too. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this summer coming up. Yo, it's such a cool documentary. Uh, next we got uh, Hello Brooklyn. Uh. Two trades, actually. The one trade that, that is the reason why we did it. The Philadelphia 76ers are now... They were nearing an agreement when I wrote this, but now have agreed uh, to trade Jaleel Okafor to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Trevor Booker. Uh, they are also going to send guard Nick Stauskas to the Nets. White chocolate. <laughs> right, isn't that his name? No, <laughs> white nah. sauce. Bro. He has Sauce Castillo? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Nets will also receive a 2019 second-round pick that originally was... The Knicks, because of I course Nick- our picks are flying around the NBA f- until twenty seven hundred. <laughs> Bro, Jason Williams is white chocolate, son. He is. Come he on, is, yeah, yeah. Yo, we grew up on that. Every once in a while, I put on the Jason Williams mixtape, and it's amazing. Um, also, another trade to report on this happened while the show was going on. The Mariners get D Gordon, according to Ken Rosenthal. So that is a giant addition uh, for the Mar- our Mariners squad that we were talking about in our last show. Is like that one bat away. Uh, D Gordon was a former batting champion, and uh, well, we'll see. It's him and uh, him and uh, what's his name, uh, Gene Segura, in that in the middle of that infield is a formidable. So Cano's just not there anymore. DH. I mean, he's still like a Gold Glove talent. That's true. I don't know what they're gonna do with Cano. What's, what's, I don't know what goes on. Maybe they can move Segura. See what happens. Maybe. I mean, so who's playing shortstop, Cano or Gordon? I fr- I ha- I don't know how you forget about Cano, but I forgot about Cano. I was like, oof. Yeah. How do you? What do you do with Cano? I don't know. Maybe okay. first base in his future. Won't be DHing if you get they get Otani too. That's true. We get, listen, they 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 the guys in the middle of the infield don't play as long as the corner guys. So if they want to preserve Cano, they could put him at first base. You know he could pick it. He's such an ace at second base, though. It's it's hard to imagine him not being there. Sweet sixteen. These are the sixteen teams that have advanced past the group stages in the UEFA Champions League. Manchester United, PSG, Roma, Barcelona, Liverpool, Man City, Besiktas from Turkey, Tottenham, Basel, Bayern, Chelsea, Juventus, Sevilla, Shakhtar, Porto, and Joey's Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Uh, booked. Naganu Stipe, as I said, could take place in June. Promptly booked for January. Uh, January 20th to be exact, 220 UFC. Super high pay-per-view. Yo, Eric Main said event. that that's in, uh, in Boston. Boston. Yeah. January 20th. Ooh, and the Rumble's the weekend after? <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up, bro. Rumors are boy Jared trying to get on the card. So, Oh, dude, if he gets on the card, we should go. We'll We're see. definitely going. Uh, some guy, this dude who fought uh, another local product, Charles Rosa. He's from Boston. He tweeted Jared a couple weeks ago, like, Oh, we should get on like Boston versus New York and whatever. Biggest rivalry. We should do it. And then Eric said that's a rumored fight. Let's go, So man. we'll see. If that I'm happens, hyped. that'd be dope. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be psyched. Cormier's on that card too, defending his title. Yeah. That's the only the real big fight on there. Shane Burgos was on there, but I'm talking about like really big names. Yeah, that's who Rosa fought Burgos. He got smoked by him. Yeah. Uh, the cheapest of plugs. Before I do that, I just want to give a little update. According to... um. J- uh, Jim Bowden of Sirius uh, D. Gordon is going to be playing center field For the Mariners And according to Jason Stark D. Gordon has played nine games in center field In the Dominican Winter League four years ago But has never played a game in the outfield Professionally mm. in the U.S. So interesting move on the Seattle Mariners part Another interesting move coming out of the San Agato Studios Network uh, 
I'm going to let you guys know that <coughs> Nick, <coughs> excuse me, Nick and Danny from DB are going to be joining me, my brothers Michael and Jason from Brodo, and we are going to be doing a joint uh, live stream mm-hmm. the day be- of championship week in week fantasy 16. week 16 we're going to be doing it from 10 a.m to 12 30 a.m and we are going to be giving you every single update everything you need from weather we're, uh, we're going to be building lineups we're going to be giving you our plays we're going to be giving you our fades we're going to be giving you anything you need right up in the time we're going to be answering twitter questions live on the air it's going to be an extravaganza so please get ready for that christmas eve no better place to spend it with your boys yeah, 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Because 12.30 a.m. the next morning would be a long-ass That's time a long to be watching time. me on That's a webcam. Time. That's a big time. That's a yeah. long time. Uh, it should be a Cowboy Rager. And you know how we feel about Cowboy Rages, boss. Yes, we do. We partake in them. Cheap, 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 Juju Smith-Schuster, Gronk, and Ioka, Iloka from the Cincinnati Bengals. Safety. Are all out for a game because of uh, cheap shots that they laid on uh, f- other players. AB on. was the safety Ioka hit yeah. in the end zone, I believe. Yeah. How do you guys feel about uh, the Juju hit? I think it was completely clean, and I don't fuck. I don't fuck with the fact that that he's getting suspended for that at all. I yeah. don't either. Completely agree with what he did too. He like apologized for it. the unsportsman like he took, which is kind of overboard of him like standing over him. It's hard not to stand over someone when you pop them like that. I know, but he did apologize for that, but never apologized for the hit. So I feel him on that. I mean, I, I was perfectly cool with that hit. That's a that's a that's a that's a football hit. Yeah, yeah it's a crackback. Can I ask you guys a question? Because this upset me. I know Perfect is a he's a dick. I get that. He's a dirty player, but for people to go on Twitter and be like, "That's what he gets. That's what he deserves." I kind of feel like you're you're a scumbag. You know who one of those per- people were? Yeah, Impy. I wish he was here so I could tell him too. Or Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, did AB you see said that? that. There was a so lot of were, football players did that. They were oh, in the locker room when Juju was addressing yeah, it. Yeah, right? he's like karma. He deserved it or some shit. He's well, just yelling it. Well, look, AB, I feel him on that because that happened in a playoff game. He didn't play the week after, cost them a chance at you know who knows what could a happen. Deep after. run, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, man. In terms of perfect, we've heard this a lot. Football's a brotherhood. Football's a place where. People understand that there's competition mm-hmm. and that you're not trying to go out there and hurt people. Vontaze Burfecht for his entire career has hurt people. Um, he has a video here on YouTube, uh, a career of his dirty plays that lasts eight minutes and 46 seconds. Yo, <laughs> co- coming out of Arizona State, I wanted him on the Giants, and then I started doing research because the Giants haven't needed a linebacker since, like, Lawrence Taylor. So I'm looking at him. He had 17 unsportsmanlike penalties. He got ejected countless times from Arizona State. He actually didn't get drafted because of all these character issues. And then you see it's happened in the league. Countless. Is, yo, he's lost, like, over a half a million dollars in suspensions in uh, fines just against the Steelers. Now, usually I would be a guy who agrees with you, and I would say I'm not cool with that. But in the case of Vontez Perfect, I'm glad he got hit with a legal hard hit. It was legal. He he didn't make any helmet contact. He lowered his shoulder into his chest. I've seen that play be made in high school mm. multiple times. How many times have you seen that on the field? Yeah, yeah. Those blindside blocks were always would wipe you out. I got wiped out by a blindside block in my life. I have wiped people out on blindside blocks in my life. It just is a thing. Like, there's no way to avoid it. How, how do you guys feel about Mike Mitchell's comments um, afterwards? I don't know if you guys heard his yeah. rant. Uh, it, it, like the most like incredible bars ever. I agree. Like he he's he makes a really great point about like what do you expect the safeties to do, uh, especially safeties who like he was making that 
the the Tyler Eifert play. Yeah, yo, he was ago. he was taking shots at everybody. He, he was he, he was Robert. basically saying like, yo, Eifert got hurt that time because Dalton is trash. Matt yeah. Hasselbeck, you know nothing about me. Like you're an asshole Hold for an saying asshole. all these things about me. And he was just like shooting from the hip. He's like, yo, look, you can't ask me to. I'm not gonna stop mid play as the ball's in the air and tell AJ Green like, hey man, you know what? I'm gonna hit you right in the chest here. Is that okay with you? Like, no, the game is mad quick. Like, yo, it's reactions and. Now, with all of the shit that's going on with concussions and all these targeting penalties, these guys also don't want to get fined. Yo, we mentioned Perfect. He's half a million dollars just from playing the Steelers in fines. Like, these guys don't want to get fined. And also, these are non-guaranteed contracts. So, a $50,000 hit for a guy that makes $780,000 a year and he's the third corner yeah. on the practice squad and shit. Like, it's it's a big blow for them. It- I, I could not agree with you more. Uh, there's a fine line, you know. There's a fine line. Listen, people who, who climb scaffolds and put stuff on the roof of buildings understand that there is a risk doing it to fall off. People who mine coal understand that there's a risk of getting a lung um, problem in the future. There's some risks uh, that go with, uh, I'm a teacher. I know that there's a risk that a fucking kid has pneumonia and then I can get pneumonia and then, you know, toodaloo. You know, and and I, I it's it's some, some risks you take with jobs. Bro, don't bring no pneumonia in here, okay? I'm trying not to. I but uh you. I'm just saying like some there is there has to be a point where uh you know the defensive players are also taking are also looked out for and Mike Mitchell made a point where he's gonna try and save an offensive guy and he's gonna end up getting hurt. Yeah. But I thought the Juju, like, everyone's like, oh, Juju, that was a completely atrocious, illegal hit. I'm like, what was he supposed to do? Uh, Gronk's a dickhead. Gronk's Yo, hit was, that, like, the worst one of the week. That deserved multiple games. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was ridiculous. For a league that's trying to cut back on head injuries, you know, it's something you can't physically see is the thing. Like, a head injury. If you could see a broken arm, like, oh, that's a nasty injury. You could see what happened to Shazier, like, oh, that's... that's. But you can't see what happens in someone's head because their brain bounced off the side of their head. You know what I'm saying? And he led with his elbow, with his brace and shoulder, and had no, like, good intentions. Yeah, that like, was... Like, straight for the head. That was completely the neck ridiculous. area, when he was already out of bounds and the play was dead. Like, dude, that's dirty. That's the definition of dirty. That's the shit that needs to be removed from the, the game. Yeah. Not Juju, Juju Smith's crack bag block. I agree. I agree, man. That should not have been a fine at all. I was just watching this Gronk thing again, and it's... Dude, the Juju Smith play, we used to have plays in high school in our playbook where the slot receiver would crack back on the, uh, on the uh, linebacker the that comes down. Yeah, yeah. If they're if they're over the if they're stacking the box of the linebacker and we're running a toss, I'm cracking back on the linebacker. Exactly. Like that's in playbooks. And as long as you're not leading with the crown of your head, like God bless Ryan Shazier, we all hope him well. He led with the crown of his head, and that's and that's an illegal play. Juju put his his shoulder into Vontez Burfick's chest. And it just seems like you can't pop anyone these days without a flag. Doesn't matter how how it got there. You just, I, we were actually we had just finished recording the recap show on Monday, and I was telling boss about like the hit how they teach you in high school. I remember my coach used to always drill this in our head. He's like, he's like, eyes up, see what you hit, right? Never see the black balls. And what he meant by the black balls is you know the the, the field turf, the little black marble balls. Pelicet. The, yeah, the pelisset. He's like, never look down, never see that. So. Shazier was seeing the floor. He was seeing the black balls when you hit him, and that's how you always see those guys. Yo, you've seen many times. Eric Legrand got hurt like that. The the famous mm-hmm. now he's like a motivational speaker, but yeah. the dude from Rutgers. When you hit like that, you're in deep, deep trouble. You have to see what what you hit. 
It's a lot of pressure on your spine. Um, anyway, cool. Let's talk about uh, NFL. We have three games that we highlighted here, starting with Good games. the Seahawks at the Jaguars. I would say what, the best tandem uh, defensively, the cornerbacks on the uh, fucking Jacksonville. And then we have Seattle, who are just kind of really hot right now, especially Russell Wilson. Pretty good matchup here. This is the classic, uh, like I mentioned last week, what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Um, a rager. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Um, I don't expect it to go the same way that everyone else go, expects it to go. I don't expect it to be a low-scoring matchup. I think that the that both teams have the ability to score on each other. Um, if you look at the QBs that Jacksonville has faced, um, they've they've been impressive, yes, but the QBs haven't been great. You could say their best QB is probably Phillip Rivers on that list. Yep. Uh, and Phillip Rivers had a pretty good game against them. And you're talking about a guy in Russell Wilson that can run, and uh, Jacksonville hasn't been great against the quarterbacks running. So when you're talking about that, you're talking about a guy who can make plays out of the pocket. Uh, and... It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you're Jalen Ramsey. It doesn't matter if you're A.J. Boye. It doesn't matter if you're anyone, Aaron Colvin. doesn't matter who you are. You're not staying with professional wide receivers for more than five seconds. You're not doing it. It's impossible. I, I think that's not going to be an issue for them because the defensive line for Jacksonville is probably going to cause mayhem. So here's the thing, though. The, the First of all, the Seattle offensive line has been much better since the addition of Brown. Second, they're, they're up the middle pass rush is not going to hit hit Wilson has been facing that all year and one thing that I was talking about last week was when Wilson drops back he drops back seven eight yards he rolls out right right away yeah. he rolls out left right away everything he does is on the move they are so on in or unorthodox in their um, offense and I think that Jacksonville's gonna be in for a little bit of surprise uh, Jacksonville as of right now uh, is a favorite in this game, um, I don't know who they think they are. Uh, I don't know who Vegas thinks they are. But I was I was the person who was in this room who was highest on Jacksonville. And even I'm like, yo, like, relax. I mean, this is one of the longest travel trips in the country. Yeah, but they play also play at 425, which is nice for Seattle. Yeah. yeah. You don't got to worry about body the clocks. body clock. Yeah. Exactly, because now you're playing at 1 o'clock regardless. Yeah. This is also flexed, by the way. It's a game of the week, America's game of the week. So, I, I mean... I, I do see Jacksonville being able to do some things, but if you're talking about the Jacksonville pass offense, can Blake Bortles pass on this defense? I don't know that he can. Uh, can Leonard Fournette, who has been, you know, he, that rookie wall, everyone always forgets about it. I think Kareem Hunt is hitting it as well. The college season is much shorter. Yeah. And it's over by now. It's over. Yeah. And you see these guys, these rookie runners that are not as productive. Now, except Kamara, I said I have Alvin Kamara, but he was he started the season slow, so now he's picking it up. Yeah, right. He had less. He's and also he, not getting the same amount of touches that the other two guys are. Yeah, exactly what yeah. I was about to say. So, uh, I, I, if I'm looking at this game, I think it's a, I think Russell Wilson got a chance here to to surprise a lot of people, and I think that uh, I think Seattle takes it. I think you hit the nail on the head before about the quarterbacks that they face. And look, we're not taking away anything from that defense, but if you're playing, you know, Blaine Gabbert. You're, who lit him up, by the way. But if you're playing Josh McCown, I know he's having a good year, but come on. You played Watson for a half. It was the first time he got thrown into the mix. Played Mariota down here. Ryan Mallett, uh, Brissett, Dalton, Brissett again, Kaiser. Like, you're not really playing studs. And I think the biggest question, you know, biggest X factor of this game is Blake Bortles. Can he exploit that banged up Legion of Boom? 
And you look at the two wide receivers on the outside. I really like these two guys, D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee. That combination last week saw the highest combined market share of any duo. What that means, market share, for those of you guys that might not be familiar, it's if how much of the passes are they accounting for in that offense? And they had the highest of any duo in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see if I think knowing Seattle, you know, we said this a couple of weeks ago. I don't exactly remember what episode, but that Super Bowl that they played the Broncos, they asked uh, Richard Sherman, "Did you guys do anything defense? Defense? Did you guys do anything defensively?" to change up your scheme against the Broncos. Uh, Peyton Manning came in with like 55-plus touchdown passes, set all the records. He's like, no, base defense. What you see is what you get. I think what Seattle's going to do is they're going to stuff the box and make Blake Bortles beat him. I I agree. Yeah, it's an interesting test for – I remember Tim, I joked, I think uh, Russell Westbrook had a bad game after – Wilson. Who did I say? Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. Wilson had a, a bad game after Tim gave him the MVP nod at his, the midseason <laughs> awards. And this is another true test. I mean, as much as you say they haven't played a good quarterback, they're still first in the league in total defense, scoring defense, only giving up 14 points a game, and passing defense, giving up 160. So we know Russell Wilson likes to step out of the pocket, either make plays with the feet or, or through the air after plays break down. And uh, I want to see if he can do it against a Jags team that's probably playing its biggest game in Jacksonville in how long? You know, a long-ass time. And they're tied with Tennessee atop the AFC South. So this is a huge game for them. It's a huge game for Seattle, who's looking at a wild card weekend date right now if the season ended today being one game behind the Rams. So they want to get that home field. They want to get that division possible bye. And uh, this is a, a playoff matchup. My X factor, That's what it is. My X factor in this game is going to be Bobby Wagner. I think that uh, the, at the rate, uh, like the, the amount of, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the level that he's playing on right now is really remarkable. And, uh, Leonard Fernandez, a rookie, and he's talking all this shit like it's too easy. Da, 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 da. Let's see when you face up against Bobby Wagner how easy it's going to be. And Bobby Wagner plays a role in that passing game as well. Uh, he's really the quarterback of that uh, defense. So as long as he's on the field and as long as he's playing well, Seattle, I think, is going to take this game. But it's gonna, it is gonna is. I agree with you. Ball is going to be a really good test. It's going to be a really uh, – can you go on the road and beat this team who has been absolutely devastating? Uh, that's That's the question. Seattle's allowing the fourth fewest rushing yards to opposing running backs, so I think that they're definitely going to shut down Leonard Fournette here. Who, by the way, Leonard Fournette, I think a lot of people got way too excited with the long runs he was running out. I'm not like a, I'm not huge. I'm not gonna say I'm not sold on him. He's a great running back, whatever. But it's not like this dude's, you know, he's getting 30 touches and then getting 100 yards. I mean, for the most part, I'm pulling up his stats right now, 2.9, 2.1, 4, 1.9, and then he has those games where he breaks off those long runs where he has close to 30 yard, thirty carries where he was averaging 6 or whatever. But for the most part, it's under 4, and sometimes it's under 3. So it's like yards if per he gets sh- yards per carry. Yards yeah. per carry, yeah, yeah, obviously. But I'm saying like the, it's not spectacular. He's not running all over the league is what I'm trying to say. And and don't forget the Seahawks started the, the week the year – as a minus against the rush, uh, they were easily run on in the beginning of the year when Sheldon Richardson was getting still getting his his foot in there. And I remember giving advice like start your running backs against Seattle early in the year, and that's definitely not the case anymore. So that shows you how good they've been that they're fourth overall despite yeah. that slow start. All right, um, cool. Uh, next game we have here is the Eagles at the Rams. Should be a fun matchup here. The battle of one versus two. Mm. That's the quarterbacks that were taken in that draft last year. 
one versus two in a lot of in a lot of senses. Yeah, uh, two of the better offenses in the NFC and in the NFL across the board. But two you know, better defenses as well at this point. Yeah, surprisingly, both defenses are playing a lot better, and I feel like Philadelphia is only going to get better defensively because they got a lot of guys that are going to come back from IR. You know that IR tag designated to return, and uh, they had this rookie. I believe his last name is Jones, who. Pro Football Focus and uh, Mike Mayock had as the number one corner coming out in college. And uh, he hasn't played yet because he tore his Achilles prior to the draft. So they took a flyer on him. So if they get him back, too, it's going to be interesting. But I love the quarterback matchup here, man. Uh, Wentz, Wentz last week with Russell Wilson was, like, so fun to watch. And I think that this has that kind of potential, too. And you look at two guys who I feel like the narrative on golf has changed Whereas Wentz came into the league and he kind of took the league by storm. Like people were like, oh, you know, they messed up. The Rams messed up by not taking Wentz first. And then golf was like a bust. He didn't know where the sun set and where the sun was like rising from and shit. So he was just a (laughs) legend. But he also had Jeff Fisher. And once again, if you're a young quarterback, I need a offensive mind to pull the strings for you. So I'm loving this quarterback matchup here. Yeah, same here. And. Uh, as I mentioned, travel for the last game, it's not going to be an issue because the Eagles stayed, Eagles stayed out, stayed out there on the short week. They're Yeah, they played Seattle now. They're just going down the coast to L.A. and the Rams. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting matchup for me because the Eagles are familiar with McVay mm-hmm. and his schemes. They played s- him twice Peterson's a year. seen those yeah, for the last year or two. And uh, I feel like they know what's coming. I mean, uh, Carson Wentz already made those comments that he sees Jared Goff being handled the same way Kirk Cousins was early in his career with the Redskins. So that's an interesting take for me. I want to see if, if the Eagles can shut them down, similar to how they held the Seahawks and contain most of the night. Also, Zach Ertz, big X factor. He left the game against Seattle with a head injury, one of uh, Wentz's go-to guys. So we'll see what his status is as we approach Sunday. He's probably a game-time decision. He's still in protocol. So that could be a possible big loss for them. Trey Burton, though, steps in. Trey Burton does step in. And he he's still, you know, Ertz is getting what 10 targets a game this guy's seeing seven and the two starts that he had well I mean Ertz left the game last week but he saw seven targets and then the four one, catches after four catches and then against Denver too earlier this year uh he, he scored a touchdown that game too so this is a guy that he does get he, I, I don't think that, there is a drop off I'm not gonna bug out because I think Ertz is uh in that discussion for a top tight end in the league especially the rapport that he has with Carson Wentz but I just think that Burton he's he's solid he's a nice backup to have to step in when a guy like Ertz goes down this is an important game for Philly. So far, Philly's been really riding high. And one thing that a lot of people say is you can't understand what it is to come back uh, until you have to come back. And this is a spot where Philly has to come back. They lost a game to a contender that they might see in the playoffs in the NFC last week in primetime, right? And then on, on top of that, now you're going on the road to the person, the, the team that you're going to play for home field advantage probably. You know, depending on a few other things. So, if you're Philly, can you beat the Rams on the road after a loss in primetime? If you can, that is a giant, giant, giant statement. That is a really big statement from a team that's trying to do really big things. Especially when you could say your number one uh, offensive weapon, Zach Ertz, is out. Right? And... The matchup I'm looking for, the matchup that's going to be really important is it's going to be Aaron Donald against that offensive line. And, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey in the middle and Lane Johnson on the outside and those guys. Uh, when Donald lines up everywhere on that defensive line and when he does, 
Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be on these guys to protect Wentz and keep him clean because he's an absolute monster. So if if they can get pressure on Wentz, I like the Rams shot. And on the other side, uh, Cooper Cup in the slot uh, against Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson has been an excellent slot corner this year. Um, I'm really I'm really curious to see uh, if Robinson can can force a couple of of bad throws from Goff and maybe return one to the house and score a defensive touchdown because you know Cup is going to have those uh, targets, but Cup, although he's been getting the volume um, and he looks like a decent player, I don't think anyone would confuse Cooper Cup for an ultra athlete. Right? He's he's great, but he it's not like Sammy Watkins where you look at this guy and he's like, holy shit, this guy's fucking uh, running, running everybody out the building. Right? So if he could use his superior athletic ability against Cooper Cup and maybe force some uh, mistakes from Goff, I think that could be game changing. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, arguably too. My bad. I just want to build off to oh, the yeah, point of the, the Eagles. It's their first time really facing adversity this season. They won nine in a row. They were riding hot. They lost to the Seahawks. Are you going to lose to the the other? You know, maybe best team in the NFC two weeks in a row, and you haven't been home. You haven't been in your bed for two weeks or a week and a half plus. So what's it going to be? I mean, Philly's. We got to see what Philly does here. I think it's good that they lost to the Seahawks in a way because, like Boss was saying, they were riding high. Like they, I mean, they, I think they lost what week two. I feel that way too, Joe. And it's like yo, you got to get one of these out of the way because you can't just beat everyone. And then if they weren't going to play the Eagles here, they got. I mean, the Eagles. If, we're, if they weren't going to play the Rams here, they got the Giants, Raiders, and then Cowboys. A bunch of teams that are like drowning at this point. So it's like those you could kind of go through the motions and still beat a team like that. Not saying that they would, but those are teams that you can beat right now by just kind of going through the motions. So it's good that they get the Rams right after they lose to the Seahawks because you got to get one out of the way and kind of come back to reality and feel like we still got to play hard, like even though they're kind of just a lock for the playoffs. Like these are two teams that you could see at some point, like you got you, you to gotta play hard against. You yeah. got to beat these guys. Eagles are one of the few teams that can clinch a playoff berth this week. No one has clinched a playoff berth yet, but Eagles, Pats, I think the Vikings too could clinch a playoff berth this week. Get yeah. that X up there. Yep. Uh, the final game we have here is the Vikings. Speaking of the Vikings, Vikings at the Panthers this week. <sighs> this is this is going to be a, an interesting one uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, Minnesota is is the person, uh, the person, the team standing in the way of of that game that we just talked about being the number for the number one seed, right? Minnesota has a lot on the line. They're playing with a lot of swag. Um, they are they are very confident in themselves. Case Keenum. Look, the dude has produced everywhere he's gone for how much he's been allowed to produce. Like you said, that Jeff Fisher factor has to has to be in play. Yeah. He was decent in Houston, but he was also uh, a late round draft pick, or was he undrafted? I think it was a fifth round pick. If that's for in my head, I think fifth round pick when I hear him. But a, a late round pick that was kind of forced into that situation. Um, now he's finally get the getting the chance, and when you're talking about this team. Uh, they have what it takes to kind of uh, exploit the weaknesses of the Panthers. Uh, Adam Thielen in the slot against Captain Munderland is going to be uh, a mismatch. Um, he needs to be—he needs to have one of those nine-catch, hundred-yard games. Uh, I think he will. Um, all of these wide receivers against these corners are a mismatch. Uh, what I'm really interested to see is can they get the running game going against the Carolina defense that has been really stout against the run, especially especially when Luke Keekley plays. Um, and on the other side, um, I'm looking at Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. 
Same here. He's got to play better. And there's really nothing else to say. Uh, Devin Funches has been really great, but he could only be so good if he's not getting balls thrown to him, especially when he's facing a guy like Xavier Rhodes who continues to shut down big wide receivers. Allowing a completion rate of only 54.8. It ranks second in the NFL amongst cornerbacks and quarterback ratings of 72.7 when thrown in his direction. Look, these are two of the better defenses in all of football. And I think that the biggest X factor, and I feel like it's the X factor every time the Panthers take the field is, you know, which cam is going to show up. Yeah. Is it MVP cam or is it the cam where it's it's an injury that's the issue? It's, uh, you know, I don't have my guy. I, I don't got my dog out there like you said about Greg yeah, Olson. Sometimes he just flat out misses people. Yeah, and, like, he misses, like, way too much too. Yeah. Like, you could really chalk up, like, six, seven passes a game that should have been completed with ease, but he's overthrowing them and whatnot. Like, look, he's battling some thumb issues, so that could be it. But for the most part, I think it, it just comes down to Cam. Are you the MVP Cam, or are you the, you know, just kind of overrated, I'm going to sit there and sulk Cam? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I personally think the Vikings are, like, the team to beat. Like, when I look at the Vikings, I'm like, there's really nothing... I can't find a hole there. They they line up an all pro on the line. They line up an all pro at the corner. They line up an all pro in their safety slot, and they line up a pretty good damn a pretty damn good linebacker. I wouldn't call him an all pro all pro, but Anthony Barr is a really good linebacker. I was gonna say Kendricks. I thought you were talking about Kendricks too. Is up there, man. Yeah, yeah, Kendricks too. Like you can't you can't even forget about him. This team, I feel like, can adjust too because I mean they ha- like they have two different style running backs in the backfield. Adam Thielen's coming into his own. Stephon Diggs. Kyle Rudolph, like, their offense is, like, legit. You know what I mean? And none of them are, like, superstar. I mean, well, they're coming into their own. But, like, coming into the season, no one was, like, a superstar or anything like that. But they're all, like, just doing their job. And their defense is their defense, especially when they're at home. Like, dude, I really like the Vikings moving forward. Yo, there's something. This game is huge for them, too, because you guys know where the Super Bowl is this year. Minnesota. There's a chance where if they have the one seed, they might not leave home for a month. No team has ever hosted a Super Bowl in their home city. That's a ton of pressure, though. It is a ton of pressure, yeah. Like and four straight weeks at home. Four straight weeks at home. it is. I mean, that, is it a ton of pressure? Like that, That's yeah, like the best you, case scenario. Yeah. I, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't find that. I don't see that pressure. I would see that as a, a major advantage. I mean, that's lurking. Everyone's talking about that. As soon as you possibly lock up the number one seed, as oh, they can – stay home for the month of January and it's just a ton of media hype everyone's talking about that how is that not pressure that definitely brings additional I think, pressure I think what you how it's not pressure is that you're home for a month like if you it depends on how you want to look at it you could look at it as pressure you could look at it as we're gonna have this major advantage like I don't think anyone's ever said like of course it's man, a major advantage if how, they get there but the media is talking about that non-stop and that's what I think he's non-stop. going at like they're gonna be listening oh, before to this, they like, get there yeah yo right uh, before they play the division around it's like oh you know what could happen if you guys run the table you get the super uh, oh, you, oh so you mean like leading up to the yeah, playoffs yeah, oh, yeah. oh okay I was like not being what? like being in the playoffs oh how what uh, speaking of huge pressure though I think one of the reasons why the, the Vikings are going to have a, a a big advantage in this game is Everson Griffin, uh, 12 sacks. Cam Newton has already been sacked 28 times this year. There hasn't been a year that Cam Newton has been sacked less than 33 times. Um, that's a lot of fucking sacks. The dude takes sacks. The dude gets hit. Uh, Everson Griffin, when they asked him what's the what is the secret to beating Cam, he said, you got to hit him. Got to get pressure. And 
I don't see anyone on the on that Panthers offensive line who has played uh, worse than usual, especially Matt Khalil, who just like continues to be a bust. Um, I don't see anyone being able to stop him. So I, I really I really think that the Vikings uh, have a good chance of making a uh, a big statement in this game, despite the, the fact Carolina's at home. The Vikings do everything Carolina wants to do in, on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like before Dow Cook went down, they were, he was leading the league in rushing. And the last three contests, Latavius Murray has gone over 75-plus yards. So they haven't really seen a drop-off in play from the backfield, and it's allowed for the play action to take take course. The linebackers step up. you got Thielen coming on drag routes over the middle. Thick that go for feel. 15, 20 yards, Thielen, Thielen. And, uh, you know, if, if Carolina can generate a running game, I think it would help Cam out. You know, he could have more time in the pocket, and, and then he can make plays with his legs, which is ultimately, I think, is his biggest asset, especially this year with the arm injuries coming into the year. And he hasn't really looked like he's gotten over them to me. I feel like there's still something lingering that we'll hear about after the year. But if they got to get the run game going, whether it's with Jay Stu, who got in the end zone, I think, last week, and uh, McCaffrey. Someone's got to get the wrong game going on Carolina. McCaffrey's going to be the X factor in this game. Uh, he's going to be the reason why the Carolina Panthers win if they do. All right. Um, now it's time for the picks. Mm. I don't really know who's in last place. I think it's Nick. Oh, Nick, is in, Nick is in last. Yeah, yeah here he is. We got a, we got 18, and 21. 18 and 21, but it's, the, it's bunched up. The dirty lambs have taken a fall from everyone, grace. Yeah. Everyone this week, well, not me, but like everyone else can – be in second or last? Oh, not me. No, after this week, I can't be in last after this week. I What's your record? I could be close. What's your record? I'm twenty nineteen and one. If you go zero and three and they both go three and zero, oh, you're in last place. Nah, it has eighteen what's, wins. What's Nick's? What's Nick's? Uh, eighteen and twenty one. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, my bad. Boy, I'm a, I'm a social studies teacher, right? I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers minus five and a half against the Ravens in uh, Pittsburgh. No Jimmy Smith. I think Antonio five. Brown. five. Five. Oh, even better. Well, it's a dead number. Five, five and a half. Just saying. Throw um, a lamb a half a point. <laughs> so right? half a point. Oh. That's five. All right. Um, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Smith is out. Uh, I'm struggling this episode. Yeah, I, I feel like so. Tim. All this <laughs> coughing is kind of throwing me off. Yo, if I get sick, sweet Tim music. I'm telling you next week. Yo, me too. I'm going to tell you what. You struggle all the way to the bank, motherfuckers, because I'm in second place. That's all I got to say. No, man. I'm talking about the like the oh, speaking. Oh, to speak. Oh, yeah, oh, like I'm, oh. I'm pulling a Tim. Dumb bitch. Uh, I hope you're so all sick. Steelers minus here. five. Antonio Brown, I think, is going to feast with uh, Jimmy Smith being out. Um, I'm jumping on board the Jimmy G train. Ooh. I think the Niners might might win out the rest of the year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Coming in hot. Okay. Coming in hot. Their schedule is not that crazy. Uh, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Big fan of his 10 mode. You already know San Francisco getting three points against the Texans, right? It's three. Yep. And then uh, Seattle plus three, simply for the fact that there's not many times in uh, in my life that I get a chance to get points with Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and those are some of my favorite quarterbacks. And when I can get points, I'm gonna take them. So Seattle plus three, San Francisco plus three, Steelers minus five and a half. Hello. Five. <laughs> Five. I have five and a half here. Yeah, Tim, this is this is unbe- un- <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, blame me. I, he says half. He blames me for some reason. Boss, 17, 19, <laughs> and three. Who let the dogs out? I'm going three dogs this week. Who? Uh, start off with Oaktown, plus four on the road against KC. Uh, Derek Carr picked apart KC for 400-plus yards and three touchdowns at their first meeting. Now he travels on the road to KC. No Peters. I like that matchup a little better. He gets Cooper and Crabtree back. 
Sign me up. Points, give me them. Uh, Denver plus one and a half at home against the Jets. Listen, I know the Jets are playing good ball and McCown is playing good ball, but for them to be a favorite on the road on the West Coast, I think is a bit much. Uh, Andrew, Robbie Anderson aggravated a hamstring injury in practice today, so if he doesn't go, that definitely limits the passing attack. There's no downfield threats, and uh, I think Denver sneaks one out. Um, and then Miami plus eleven and a half at home against New England, a division game. I find it hard to win by more than two scores, and I mean, well, fourteen points isn't two scores, but touchdown and field goal, eleven and a half. A lot of points considering Miami's coming off a uh, w- big win at home, 35-9, I think it was, against Denver. So give me Miami with the points. Three dogs. Mm. <laughs> By the way, the Denver line is one. Uh, one, one and a half. Tim, 19-19 and one. Uh, so I remember remember what you guys, when I was in the basement, you guys just relentlessly made fun of me all the time. Remember that? Remember that? You're right and back I, there. After and I told time. you that that things were going to happen in order. Be careful. And the the You're the on last, high horse, just be the careful. The last thing I said five hundred, I'm there now. There's a month left. There's only one thing that I need to climb to. And that's you, motherfucker. Pointing at you, Joe. Okay. Get those fucking You've been telling me to get ready for fucking eight weeks. Joe, you yeah, well it's gonna take me a long time. Yeah, right? it is. Well it's gonna I'll, take you another two years. It's gonna it's gonna take you know it's like a t- slow torture. I need to I need to make this go out to week seventeen. Remember where you did week seventeen. That's all I gotta say. Um, I'm I'm going with the Patriots uh, minus eleven and a half at Miami. Um, you do say it's hard to beat your division opponent by that much. Uh, that's fine. But the Patriots have beat the Dolphins by that much um, in f- one two three four five of the last seven meetings so i'm going with the patriots uh the seahawks plus three at jacksonville i don't know who uh i don't know who they think they are jacksonville does not deserve to who be a favorite who do you think you are i am <laughs> does not deserve to be a favorite against the seahawks ever on the road uh not yet so i'm taking the seahawks and this one is a little bit hmm. so i was going to take cleveland plus three and a half here because i believe cleveland's gonna get their first win versus green bay but instead i'm switching it I've talked myself into a different pick. I'm going Vikings minus three at Carolina. Ooh. So I'm taking three. Eighty uh, twenty. Three road teams. Not, man, I I just don't want to. I I don't even want to be in first. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, will, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it because it doesn't fit our criteria for game of the week. That's the most important game on the menu. What? Cleveland hosting the Packers. I think Cleveland wins that game, man. 80 to 1 odds for them to win the Super Bowl. And Rodgers comes back next week. Reports out of Green Bay are that he looks fine. They don't see any difference in his play. 80 to 1, huh? And I got Jordy Nelson on my planet. 80 to 1, huh? (laughs) Fucking Tim might put 75 cents on that. I might might have to put some cents. I might have to put maybe 85 cents. I am uh, 22, 16, and 1. The fire has been burning. Uh, My first pick, I'm also going to go with the Steelers minus 5. Uh, they're at home. Better team at home. Ravens, you know how I feel about them. I don't know how they even score points at this point. Uh, I'm also taking the Seahawks getting three for the reasons that everyone said. And I'm also taking the Eagles who are getting two points. These are te- these two teams are great teams, both getting points. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> let's, let's just be great. Be great. And that's all we got to do. Just be great, win the game. You're the better team. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's that simple. Uh, and that is our show. Uh, Nick, where can they find you? LandVM10 on all social media. At Degeneration Bet, the Twitter handle for Degeneration Bets. Also, the uh, 
Check out Plays and Fades, week 14 edition on the YouTube channel. Yeah. And Tim? Uh, at Tim Patrop on all social medias, uh, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. At Brodo Fantasy is a Twitter handle for the Brodo Fantasy podcast. We are going every single fantasy-relevant player for your playoff matchups this week. Go check that out. Uh, boss? At Individual27 on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow me at Joe Santagato. Go follow all of us at Veterans Minimum and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And that is all. We'll see you next Facebook, time. Facebook, Facebook. And the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum. Definitely get on that. And that's all. We'll see you next time. Let's do it again on Facebook.